faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts. Reactions are coming in. We'll have those uh, for you coming up. And the left is coming after Richard Dawkins over his position on transgenderism. Uh, The media pounced on a story of a police officer who acted to save the life of a young black girl, but they're not praising him. We'll have the reaction to that. Plus, a 104-year-old man packs his 1,000th Operation Christmas Child shoebox. Great story there. We'll have the details on all this and more coming up with Trey Goins Phillips from FaithWire.com. Trey, happy Wednesday to you. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. I noticed in our uh, in our show notes that we still have Tuesday. So good, good job <laughs> on you to uh, yeah on to the fly correct, because it just it seems like the week though it just like they fly by. So all the days end up running together anyway. So. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I forget what day it actually, what yeah. it actually is, even when it's right in front of me. I'm like, is it is it really Wednesday? Yeah, especially in this like work from home sort of universe yeah. that we're in now. You know, it's kind of it, it just can, all runs. It together. can all run together. It really can. It really can. So, all right. Well, we got a lot to cover. So let's uh, let's go ahead and, and dive right in, and we will go with the uh, George Floyd and Derek Chauvin trial uh, and the killing of George Floyd. Uh, happened yesterday, the verdict, and the jury deliberated very quickly and came back, uh, finding him guilty on all three counts. And reactions were varied across the board. You had President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris reacted to the guilty verdict and said it's a catalyst for ending systematic racism uh, and systemic racism. Biden said he told George Floyd's daughter, Gianna, that her father changed the world. And he's calling on Americans to unite behind the guilty verdict and help make the country a better place where folks don't have reason to fear law enforcement. Uh, here is what uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, had to say about uh, the, the conviction. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe, but because of you, and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. And so that was the reaction from Nancy Pelosi there. Ibram Kendi, uh, who's a prominent critical race theory um, kind of preacher, I guess, these days, he, he was featured prominently on CBS News. And he asked, is justice convicting a police officer or is justice convicting America? Uh, what's, so what's the left saying? That was some of the voices on the left. Uh, Van Jones said this is what justice looks like, while AOC said one verdict is not a substitute for policy change. And so that was the general tenor of the left. What's the right saying? Well, uh, the right had generally also expressed outrage at Chauvin's actions and the Floyd killing from kind of from the beginning as well. I think a lot of people are unified on that. Uh, There are a few voices that tend to now claim that Floyd died from a drug overdose and had not much to do with the officer's actions. Um, But I would say that's probably a lesser extent of of the right. Uh, Most pretty much sought to discuss the charges and see if they fit what actually happened. Like, did he murder Floyd while several onlookers were clearly filming him in broad daylight? Is that an appropriate charge for that? Or, Or was it just reckless negligence and indifference to life that led to Floyd's death? 
uh, even though he wasn't intending it. So those were some of the questions being asked. Ben Shapiro trended yesterday. Here's what he said in response to Don Lemon, who said justice had been served. Shapiro said, and we all know that he would never have said this had the reversed verdict been reached. Um, He was trending after that. He also added there's widespread recognition on the left, both among media and politicians, that the enormous political pressure uh, campaign was crucial to achieving the Chauvin conviction, which is not typically how criminal justice systems are supposed to work. Uh, Tommy Lahren also trended for saying after the verdict, quote, is the footlocker safe tonight? Should be right. Justice right. No need to steal in the name of George Floyd anymore, right? Uh, She's referring to, obviously, the protests from last summer after the uh, Floyd killing. Um, So she also added that she agreed with the verdict, saying what happened to George Floyd at the hands of Chauvin was wrong, but there's still no evidence it had anything to do with race. So she was trending after that. So why does it matter? Well, Trey, I mean, I think it matters because, honestly, I think we've lost the ability to look at things individually and evaluate them on a case-by-case basis. We instead just jump to our tribal sides and we argue the case and and are just unable to look at things um, objectively. Yeah. And I think with cases like this, I mean, similar to, obviously this is a bit before my time, but I've read about it and of course, you know, learned about it over the years, but it's similar. uh, It's a similar phenomenon to the OJ case, uh, like how it was just so publicized, how it was turned into such a political football uh, and it, it's it, it's hard for me to see this as like this just objective, wonderful like yeah. uh, instance of our justice system working. Certainly, Chauvin deserved to be brought to justice and yeah. de- deserved to be charged for his actions and, and all that. So I'm not saying that the verdict or anything was wrong. Uh, it's just it always bothers me when we turn this into this like media circus anytime yeah. because I think we run the risk of and I think this has happened. Uh, of where we end up not actually talking about the issue. Like we're not actually talking about the thing that's in front of us. Uh, We're turning it into this grandiose, uh, I don't know, emotional moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think the, the actual justice, the actual issue at hand gets kind of lost. And it's sad that we, everybody kind of knew that if the verdict goes one way over the other, there was going to be widespread rioting and violence. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, I, I don't know, it's, it's a sad place to be in. Obviously, I'm, I'm glad uh, at, at the decision that was made, continue to pray for George Floyd's family and the grief that they're going through and also for wisdom for the judicial system as they decide sentencing within the next couple of weeks and, and all that. But I don't know, it just, it, it kind of bothers me when it becomes this really like yeah. politicized, like Hollywood-esque yeah. Performance. Yeah. Agreed. And, and look, let's just real quick before we move on to story two. I mean, I, you mentioned OJ and he actually was tweeting yesterday, like verdict watch. And it's like, everyone's like, no, OJ, we, we don't need you <laughs> oh in on this, on this particular uh, yeah. story. So definitely an, an opportunity for OJ maybe to read the room there. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem capable of that. Uh, if I'm true. being honest. So anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Story number two. So uh, the left uh, is not very pleased right now with uh, famed atheist Richard Dawkins mm. uh, because he's dared to question the party line on transgenderism. Oh, boy. That's so, a no-no. Yeah, definitely a, definitely a, a taboo thing to do. <laughs> so just a few days ago, Dawkins tweeted, In 2015, Rachel Dolezal, a white chapter president of the NAACP, was vilified for identifying as black. Some men choose to identify as women, and some women choose to identify as men. 
you will be vilified if you deny that they literally are what they identify as. And then he asked his Twitter followers to discuss the issue with him. Uh, as you might imagine, that suggestion that sex, like one's ethnic makeup, is immutable uh, did not sit well with others uh, in his progressive camp. Uh, the American Humanist Association, of which Dawkins has been a part for many, many years, he even won the group's highest honor in 1996, stripped him of his title as the Humanist of the Year. Uh, in a news release, the organization state, Yeah, so they took away his title. He's no longer the... It's a title he got a quarter of a century ago, but he's no longer the humanist <laughs> didn't get of it. the year. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been pulled from him. <laughs> Amazing. So the organization said, regrettably, Richard Dawkins has, over the past several years, accumulated a history of making statements that use the guise of scientific discourse to demean marginalized groups and approach antithetical to humanist values. And Dan, I have to insert a side note here. Yeah. What pray tell are humanist values <laughs> to a humanist who says that life has no value except for the one that you give it yeah and, and how can they possibly argue given that premise there trey how could they argue against dawkins's values if yeah if humanist values are just that they're you know kind of subjective to whatever each human thinks then how can you be mad at dawkins for any view that you don't like i mean it's just oh well that's yeah. his autonomous view of what's right and wrong who are right. you to say otherwise what basis I mean, are you making that claim on and that's essentially what dawkins says in his book the god delusion where he you know trashes any idea of god as this just awful awful tyrant and then he says that the more more mature perspective would be to say that the meaning of life comes from whatever you define the meaning of life to be so it's like i, I don't know how you i don't know what a humanist value would be it just yeah. seems you can't have a uniform like humanist yeah you can't have a humanist a universal humanist value i think it's impossible yes so uh but we digress that's a whole other yeah whole other story let me say this is what the association went on to say about dawkins his latest statement implies that the identities of transgender individuals are fraudulent while also simultaneously attacking black identity as one that can be assumed when convenient his subsequent attempts at clarification are inadequate and convey neither sensitivity nor sincerity uh, dawkins has since pushed back uh, and kind of walked back what, what he wrote. He said, I do not intend to disparage trans people. I see that my academic disgust question has been misconstrued as such, and I deplore this. It was also not my intent, he said, to ally in any way with the Republican bigots in the U.S. <laughs> now exploiting this issue. Oh, boy. So what's what's the left saying? Well, Dawkins isn't only getting hit from the American Humanist Association. He's also taking flack from the American atheists. Allison Gill, the group's vice president for legal policy for legal and policy, who also identifies as a transgender woman, uh, said that Dawkins' comments dehumanize transgender people and help justify violence against them. So what's the right saying? Well, conservatives have pushed back on cancel culture and, and have made the case that one's sex, like one's skin color, is entirely unchangeable. Uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, an author and clinical psychologist whose belief in God is kind of complex but, but evolving. We've written about that at Faithwire if you mm -hmm. want to search that. Uh, he condemned the AHA for its actions against Dawkins. He wrote, I pray to the God Dawkins doesn't believe in that you never get what is rightfully and justly coming your way uh, he said that to the American Humanist Association. Mm. He said, you pathetic, cringing, uh, cowardly, malevolent, self-righteous weasels. <laughs> <laughs> so conservative. He, he's never one to hold back, Peterson. No, so, no. Subtle. Uh, 
Yeah. Conservative YouTube star and author Dave Rubin responded to Peterson expressing his disappointment over Dawkins' backtracking. Uh, Rubin wrote, he bent the knee, unfortunately. Everyone knows he isn't a bigot, but the mob attacked, and rather than stand up for himself, Dawkins turned his gaze to the Republican bigots. Uh, so uh, why does it matter? Well, I have to go back to the American Humanist Association statement for a minute, Dan. Uh, the group said that a person can, at their will, change their sexual identity from male to female, or vice versa, but rebuked Dawkins for asking if the same can be done of one's ethnicity. Calling him out for attacking black identity is one that can be assumed when convenient. Is that not exactly the same thing that's happening with one's sex? Yeah. No, but you it, can't do it with skin color, and theres well, I don't understand the logical difference between the two. Yeah, there, there isn't one. I mean, it's, he's 100% right on that. Yeah, so who's to say that someone isn't earnestly convinced that they belong to an ethnic, ethnic group to which they don't obviously belong? What humanist value would say that that's wrong? Yeah. I, I don't know. So, And it's also a sad place that we're in uh, that, that we don't have any sort of respect anymore uh, for female for the female experience or for female autonomy. Uh, we understand when it comes to skin color uh, because that's the cause that's in vogue right now. But it's transphobic to point out the obvious, that the transgender movement hurts biological women and puts biological girls in danger uh, by allowing males to usurp them in their own spaces. Spaces that we created for yeah. them <clears throat> can now be dominated by biological males. Uh, quite a stance for the for the organism or for the the political philosophy that says we live in a patriarchy dominated by white men <laughs> there there are so many contradictions happening and this is um i mean i think this is the end result and it, and it you know answer to the fool according to his folly right yeah. uh, um the, there are so many contradictions here because they're not basing any of this on anything it's all just right. as you said before it's their own personal view so um i mean I, that would be my question to anyone that i'm end up conversing with on issues like this who strongly believe these things like what are you basing that on yeah well yeah. you know inevitably it's just going to be you know they'll probably try to say science and all these things but um you if you push back on that not too hard it becomes clear that that's not what they're basing that on it's it's just on feelings and their own you know whatever they feel about something and so emotion and you know identification like just just pulling it out of thin air yeah. And so if you just push back on that and then say, okay, well, no, that's not, I don't believe in, you know, or I can, here, here's my truth. Here's what I believe. Now what? Yeah. Now what do we do? Um, it's just, yeah, it's foolish. It's all foolishness. It's just, uh, it, it is. And it's, I don't know how you combat it when you live in a world of my truth, where it's like everything yeah. is completely relative. Uh, but I, I do have to wonder, and I've never heard a good answer and if if there is by chance any atheist or not atheist any uh, progressive listening to this who can give me a, a good answer please feel free to to reach out <laughs> i don't know the logical argument the, like scientifically logical argument that says that rachel dolezal was wrong for identifying with a different ethnic group but a male can identify as a female and have no understanding of what it right. means to be a female, but that's totally okay. Yeah, because because we know that transgender um, is a it is a mental condition. It isn't it. You think you're something yeah. that you're not. You think you're the opposite sex, as they always say. You were assigned at birth, and uh, and so yeah. It, if I thought, I mean, I think I forget who did it, but uh, it was a younger guy. He did a video on a college campus, and he went around asking mm -hmm. people, "Hey, what if I said I'm a woman?" They'd be like, "Great." And then he said, what if I said I was Chinese? And he's, he's clearly just a, you know, white American. 
Yeah. And um, and he's and they're like, well, they, they kind of you, you could see them thinking about it. And they'd be like, I'd say, OK, he said. And he he was shorter. He was in like probably under six feet tall. And he said, what if mm-hmm. I identified as a seven foot tall Chinese woman? And they they could see the ridiculousness of it, but yeah. didn't know how to respond to it. They were just like, well, I guess. Well, I guess if that's what you want to do, it's like you're so obviously denying truth and denying yeah. the science and the facts right. right in front of you. Again, if you have that condition, I I feel for you with your mental issue, but but uh, it is not a virtue, right? Yeah. To to have an incorrect, you know, view of what you actually are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if if I can be transgender, then I can also be transethnic or trans what I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it it is something that as Christians, of course, we need to be seeing compassionately. Like sure. we need to be viewing it through the lens of Scripture, which is understanding what someone's going through and and not responding in hate. Yeah. Uh, but we also don't need to coddle something that needs to be taken care of and treated. Right. Uh, and I think that's what we're unfortunately yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh let's head into story number three. Um, police were called to the scene of an altercation between two young girls yesterday, one saying someone was trying to stab her. When police arrived at the scene, the body cam footage shows that Makia Bryant had a knife in hand and was attempting to violently stab another young girl who she had pinned up against a car. Uh, The officer, acting quickly, neutralized the threat, shooting the young girl, which was tragic, um, because she died. But uh, it saved, the action saved the other young girl's life. Uh, But that's not how the media is reporting the incident, however, even though it's all on camera right there. Instead, they're choosing to implant a narrative and try to make it fit. They're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It's all, it's a tragic story all around, um, you know, except for the part that one girl was saved. And, uh, but what's making it more tragic is that the media is bent on using this again to divide people instead of just reporting the facts. Mm-hmm. So listen to these. Here's what I'm going to say. What is the left saying? Because the media I will throw into that category, at least some of these outlets. Here's what the Associated Press wrote. Police shot and killed a teenage black girl in Columbus, Ohio, just as the verdict was being announced in the trial for the killing of George Floyd. Body cam footage appeared to show the girl attempting to stab two people with a knife. So... You hear the order of things there. It's 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 important not to just consume this stuff without thinking. What, why would they put the George Floyd timing? What does that have to do with this particular incident? It has yeah. nothing to do with it at all. What, what are you saying? Are they trying to say that the officer was mad that, that Chauvin was convicted and so therefore he went out and shot someone? I mean, it's, it's, it's irrelevant to this particular story. So um, it's obvious they're trying to divide with it. Um, NPR had this caveat on their reporting. Uh, of the attempted stabbing. They said, this is a developing story. Some facts reported by the media may later turn out to be wrong. We will focus on reports from police officials, other authorities, credible outlets, reporters at the scene, and we'll update as it develops. Facts? I listened to themselves. Some facts reported by the media may later turn out to be wrong. Facts? Wrong. So, okay. Got it. Um, So that's NPR. And then there was another online, this is a smaller outlet, but they have some subscribers online. It's called Breaking News Now. Scrolling through some of the videos, their thumbnail, the screenshot says, police kill 16-year-old foster child. That's that's the headline. Mm-hmm. No, no context about how she was trying to stab someone. Uh, the ACLU of Ohio said, the systems that allowed George Floyd to be murdered 
remain fully intact. Moments after we celebrated a win for police accountability in Minneapolis, news broke that Columbus police murdered a 15-year-old black girl. Her name was Makia Bryant. Say her name. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. So what's the right saying? Well, the right is pointing out, several have pointed out that the officer actually acted to save the woman's life and that there was clearly a stabbing in progress. You could see the weapon in hand and she's making the stabbing motion while the woman's trying to, the, the other girl's trying to put her arms up and block it. Yeah. Um, the, and so they're saying that the officer did the right thing. And so why does it matter? Well, again, we've lost this ability, Trey, to view things objectively. We just take these worldviews and jam them in there i.e. systemic racism. And so if you do that, you're just always going to see everything through this lens of race. Um, You know, even though, um, you know, as, as Tommy mentioned up in her, in the other story, uh, even when these, these stories are sad, but there's no evidence that on at least most of these that I'm seeing that actually prove that it has anything to do with race. You know, there's no evidence that the officers are racist or, so they just assume, hey, the system is racist. Therefore, these cases are based on racism. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, we've just lost that ability. I, I, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. And, I, you know, we were talking the other day on the podcast about the documentary, The Social Dilemma uh, on Netflix. Yeah. And I think the sad thing and like the, the, the nefarious thing about this is like, we know that social media puts up algorithms and they Mm -hmm. kind of, it, you, you essentially on your social media platforms are creating what, what is basically a a digital mirror, right? Like it's just reflecting you back to yourself. Like it's creating a a perfect echo chamber of, uh, of things that you're interested in from the perspective that you believe in and that you espouse and, and, and all of that. So we know that to be the case about social media and these organizations like the ACLU, also know that about how social media works. And it's so, so, so sad that the ACLU of Ohio is tweeting this out with no information whatsoever at all uh, because they know that the people who are going to see these posts on their social media feeds are probably, like most people, not going to look anywhere else. They're just going to look on their Facebook and Twitter and Instagram feeds, which are reinforcing what we all already believe uh, so there's not there's not going to be anything to challenge that yeah. uh, on on people's feeds. So they know that. Let me just give you two three sentences that are completely devoid of any context, uh, and and get you riled up and get you to to believe everything that we say. And and if if the facts don't actually back that up, no problem. We just won't include the facts. Yeah. Like we'll just we'll just leave that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, just it's sad. And again, I mean, you are navigating a minefield as a consumer of news. Yeah. Um, uh, for all the news, you have to take into account for sure everybody's approach. I mean, we're a Christian outlet, so we are going to try to approach things from a Christian perspective as best we can and report as honestly and, and truthfully as we possibly know how. I mean, to our to the best of our ability. Um, and so, and of course, we're going to make mistakes too. But but I think you just got to look at these things and navigate and and realize where everybody's coming from. The media they want to divide. They I mean they yeah. want to divide, and that they they're incentivized to. So yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I said that about the, the left, but everybody is susceptible to the algorithms yeah. and to that, that yeah. those kind of echo chambers. I mean, conservatives, all, I mean, you know, if you're conservative, the social media outlets 
they know that. So they're going to feed you just Fox News links or just the conservative memes from from right leaning groups. So I think it's like you said, it's something that every single person, regardless of your political perspective, needs to go into it knowing you are navigating a minefield uh, and don't believe the first tweet or link or post that you see read that sure if that's you know you want to but then do a little bit more research and and seek out your own information because the facts are not always going to be readily available to you you're going to have to do the work yeah yeah absolutely and um you know we're wrapping up the last story here trey tell me we've got something something on the positive side we do we have a good news story and it's not there's no left or right angle here which is nice Uh, So a few days ago, a 104-year-old man from West Virginia filled his 1,000th shoebox for Operation Christmas Child, uh, a charity, of course, run by Samaritan's Purse. So Ira Miller, that's the 104-year-old man's name, he spoke with CBN News, and he said, I hope the children are blessed and realize that God looks after them and that there's still hope for them. The Lord has blessed me, and I still want to do something for the children who don't know the Lord. I return all my thanks to him, uh, talking about about God. So in just four years, with the help of his daughter, Debbie, uh, he's filled, like I said, 1,000 boxes in just four years. Uh, So quite an incredible story. Uh, So this is from the story uh, online. It said, even though he had been boxing Operation Christmas Child boxes for years, Miller began packing many more uh, the day he turned 100. As a celebration for turning 100 years old, Miller decided he wanted to fill 100 boxes for children in need around the world. Miller has continued packing even more boxes every year since his his 100th birthday uh, four years ago, now turning them out to the tune of 333 boxes a year or almost one per day. Uh, So (laughs) truly incredible story. And, you know, it's not just a heartwarming act on his part. He's also setting an example for his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. Miller's granddaughter, Leah, told Samaritan's Purse, my grandfather has a love for others and has put his heart into packing these shoeboxes. My children, through watching him, are realizing that these aren't just toys, but each item has been prayed over and will hopefully help the child who receives Mm it. Uh, So like I said, not a a left or right issue, thankfully. Yes. Uh, But it's a a beautiful example of a man who's using his life, even at 104 years old, to serve the Lord. And what, I mean, just what an incredible testimony that is. Uh, Because I, I think someone could easily sit back and say, you know, I'm 104 years old. I can just relax. <laughs> uh, but but he's staying active and doing what he can to be a missionary, as he calls yeah. it. Uh, his daughter said uh, of the boxes he's filled just this year, these 100 boxes are going to 100 children around the world, and they're going to hear about Jesus. I just focus on giving God glory for his faithfulness, that dad can still be a missionary uh, at 100. So she said that awesome. uh, four years ago, and he's still doing it uh, at 104. So, I mean, like yeah, I said, really just great. really, really cool story. And uh, kudos to him and his family. And what a great example he's setting for his, not just his grandchildren, but his, uh, not just his daughter, his grandchildren, and his great-grandchildren. Yeah. yeah, and look, that's the way we can navigate this crazy world where everyone's trying to divide us just just you know love god and love people yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, it's an easy formula that i think we can all follow and uh make the world a better place and um you know it doesn't mean you're not gonna have challenges it doesn't mean there aren't gonna be injustices it doesn't mean bad things aren't gonna happen but uh you know we can trust god put one foot in front of the other love god love people and let's follow that and let's see what happens 
You know? Yeah, and I think there's there's a reason that the secular worldview. I'm not even talking political. I just mean secular mm-hmm. uh, worldview. There's a reason that 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 they attack the nuclear family, right? Yeah. Uh, because I, God designed the family to be something because that's where change happens. That's that's who I'm directly responsible for is my family. So if each man and, and, and woman uh, in their family, if they take responsibility for their kids, for their parents, yep. uh, for their grandchildren, if they would take responsibility, like each one of us individually would take responsibility for our families, that's how we're going to change culture. Yeah. That's how we're going to make it better for the next generation. Yep. Not by getting into these, these online Twitter fights with people. Yeah. That's not going to be effective. Or, but if I just yeah. like, if you just teach your kids to do what's right, that's going to make a difference. Yep. And, and then also trying not to just sit there and try to say, well, the system is wrong. And, yeah. you know, hey, it's great to try to change laws and things like that. But that's that's secondary. That is secondary yeah. to what culture can do, what families can do, uh, and, and what God can do. So, yeah. For um, sure. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, we're glad you're here um, and checking out this podcast. As always, go on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow uh, with more stories. God bless. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.